So we're talking about uh, this, this thing, reworking prayer. Matt talked a month ago. Very good talk if you want to go listen to it. Um, and my mind has gone back and forth, as usual, on how to talk about this topic. Um, but I get the fun topic of how do we approach God, the divine, whatever it might be that you pray to with our requests. How do we petition God for stuff, for things? And the only place I can arrive is that prayer is weird. Prayer's weird. Um, I was a professional prayer for eight years. I was a pastor. So what you do is you get a paycheck to pray professionally, also some other jobs, but uh, when you're a pastor, you are asked to pray for a lot of things that you don't want to pray for. Um, you're also asked to pray at events you don't want to pray at. Uh, it was November 2017. Michaela and I were headed to a family Thanksgiving dinner. Um, on the way there, I, I kind of was like, um, and she's like, what? What's wrong? And I said, oh, uh, they're going to ask me to pray, aren't they? And she said, well, of course, you were a pastor. I was like, all right, I got to prep myself for this. Because this was about a year after I'd left my job in the church. I'm trying to figure out what I believe in, where I'm at. And I didn't really want to pray. But the thing about being a pastor is you have this power when you show up at family events that even like the World War II grandpa who's seen some shit, like he's even like, oh yeah, let the pastor pray. He knows what he's doing. Um, And so you show up at these events and everyone defers to you because you're the pastor. And so we show up at the event um, and there's probably 30 people in the room and we all, with Michaela's family, they love the really awkward like big circle hand-holding prayer, which I think is weird. Um, but there's like 30 people in this room all holding hands and her uncle's like, oh, something. oh Seth, yeah, yeah, could you pray? And I'm like, yep, I called it. Uh, so I pray and I'll be honest, it's probably one of my more mediocre prayers. I've prayed some good prayers, but that one wasn't great. It was fine. They, they accepted it. But when you're the pastor of the room, you just pray for things. And everyone's like, oh, man, this is extra special. But then there's times also when you're a pastor where um, you get really motivated by prayer, especially when people start, like, grunting and moaning while you pray. Like, oh, God, please bless this turkey. And grandpa's like, oh, that's good. You know, and so you get really excited. And prayer is just this weird thing in social settings like that. Prayer is also weird because it doesn't just happen in social settings. For a lot of people, it happens in private as well. Um, growing up, I was an interesting, in an interesting family. Um, looking back on it now, I'm very thankful that I ended up where I did. A lot of other paths I could have taken, but uh, I grew up in a family with a lot of medical issues and addiction issues. And I remember um, spending countless hours praying for the people of my family that they would somehow get better. Petitioning to God, asking God, begging God to make my family better. I think potentially you've all been there, where we've prayed for people that we love and we care about, and the intentions are good, um, but in my situation, unfortunately, something happened, and that was nothing. Nothing changed. Hours of praying to God and petitioning to God to fix and save and redeem my family to no avail. We also pray for good things, though, right? Like every year, the ski shop has up a sign that says, pray for snow. We pray for good things. We, we pray for joyful things. We pray for things that hurt us. We, we're, we're constantly talking to God 
um, for things. We're petitioning him, asking him. And this is where prayer is weird because there's many, many layers to this. Um, uh, There are also times where we don't know what to ask God for. Um, A month before the Thanksgiving dinner in 2017, uh, part of you know being a pastor is you get called to pray for people. And so a month before that, it was the first week in October. The, the exact day is fuzzy. I think it was Monday or Tuesday of that week. Uh, I'm on my way to get a coffee. I get a phone call from my mother-in-law, and she says, Seth, I need you at the hospital. Uh, okay, what's up? And she says, Ron, my father-in-law, has cancer. Oh, I'm on my way. I drive to the hospital and I arrive and it's just Ron and Amy in the room and I arrive and I walk in and I kind of go, what, what can I do for you? And Amy just looks at me, she just says, can you pray? Now this is a weird time in my life because I'm in this deconstructive phase of my faith and my belief system and I'm in this room uh, with these two people who I love dearly and I don't know what to say. Because... I had spent countless hours praying for my family to get better better, and praying for other people to get better, and nothing happened. So what do I say about this situation? And all of these situations then bring out some really interesting questions for me, and maybe for you too. Questions like, why do we think some people have more powerful prayers than others? Why do we have this assumption that because someone's a pastor, they're a better prayer, that God maybe gives them preference in their words? Why is it there are certain people that are looked to to pray over others? What are we even really asking God for? Why was I asked to pray at Thanksgiving? For, for what? Joy and happiness? That stuff would have been there without me. The turkey was fine. I didn't need to pray for it. I think it was cooked perfectly before I prayed for the turkey. Why was I praying for a turkey? And there's other situations like my family, where if God is all sovereign, all powerful, almighty, and I am begging this God to heal and fix and take care of my family, and he doesn't, is he a jerk or does he have other plans? Did he actually listen to me? Did I pray something wrong? Did I not pray enough? Did I not pray with enough passion? Did I not ask enough people to join me in my petition to God to fix my family? Does God not like me? And on the flip side of that, there's more issues. Like if God is, if God is sovereign and all-powerful, he's going to do what he wants, so why would we pray anyway? And on the flip side of things, if we have free will and we're creatures that do whatever we want, somehow free will has to align with the prayer we ask. So when I ask God to take care of my addicted family member, that person has to choose to get better also. And God can't just, I mean, I guess he could if he wanted to, but he could just snap his fingers and make him better? Because that family member is still an addict. And why do I pray for things like snow? Why do we pray for things? Why, why? We have a situation at the border right now with people being mistreated, and what are we doing in praying for them? And then what do we do in these situations where we just don't know what to pray? What do we ask God for? Where I'm sitting in a hospital room, and I don't know what to ask for because my experience with prayer over the 28 years, 27 years before that, was that no matter what I ask for, it doesn't really happen anyway. I really wanted to come in today. (laughs) I really wanted to show up today and just belittle prayer and say that it's a waste of your time and a waste of my time 
and uh, take a comical tone and make fun of it or maybe even be angry at it. And what I've realized the last two weeks is that when I ask myself all these questions and reflect on all these events, prayer is much more nuanced and complex than I would ever be able to, number one, make fun of, number two, be angry at, or number three, explain to you. This is a big topic. That we would approach God or the divine or whatever it is you believe in and we would ask for things. And then you add layers of complexity where sometimes those things happen. And sometimes circumstances will happen around certain things where it seems like our prayer was answered, but maybe not quite the way we thought. And there's also things like what happens when we pray and it doesn't come through and we're just like, that nah, wasn't God's plan. It's complicated. And if we have to rework prayer, we have to take on the task of asking a lot of questions but we also have to take on the task of making some observations. And then, potentially, we get to arrive at a conclusion, maybe. I don't know. So the Lord's Prayer. It starts out. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the prayer takes a turn. It turns into what's called petition prayer, where you ask God for something. And it says these words, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Two observations I'd like to make. Something that I find very interesting about the way that Jesus tells us how to petition God for prayer. Because before the Lord's Prayer, is this really interesting line from Jesus. He says, and when you pray, pray like this. First things first, give us this day our daily bread. I find that in so much of my prayer life, I'm caught in this tension. Worry about what's happened in my past and begging God that either one, no one finds out about it, or two, somehow it just disappears and never makes the internet. If you're real, make it happen. I'm caught in this tension of worry about my past and also an immense amount of anxiety for my future. What happens next? Do I stay in the career I'm in? Do I uh, reach out to my dad tomorrow and have a conversation I've been avoiding for a year? Do I try and uh, figure out where I'm going to be at 40? Do I worry about my savings account that's slowly getting smaller? over the summer. Worry and anxiety. So there's this tension, right? Tension of the things that have happened and the things that might or might not happen. And usually when I'm petitioning to God, a God, something, whenever I'm petitioning and saying things like I need help or help me or please fix this, I'm bouncing back and forth between these two ideas. Crap that already happened and things that I don't know about will happen, but I think the worst case scenario. And what's fascinating about the Lord's Prayer is what Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Not give us yesterdays and not give us tomorrows. It's today. There's something about the language that Jesus uses in this prayer to to signify that there is something sacred about this current moment. Today. That there's something about this place and this space right now that is sacred and for some reason we have all we need right now in this moment. And that's a hard thought for me. 
because between worry and anxiety, it's so hard to be present and acknowledge that I have everything I need right here, that there is something sacred and special about all of us being together in this room, experiencing this together, our daily bread. He then continues on. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Again, I think there's this tension here because there's this plea that we as people for some reason hang on deeply to the things we owe other people and we're scared of what we owe and debt's a really weird concept. But that is quickly overshadowed by this thought of taking action and forgiving others for their debts against us. And again, I'm caught in this then tension. Do I move forward with something I can take action on or do I sit and dwell on the things that, that, that have already happened? And it seems to me that between these two ideas, there's a focus for this prayer. Maybe. Again, I'm no expert. I'm just guessing. What if, what if there's this immense draw for us, that instead of being worried about what has already happened and anxious over what is going to happen, what if there is this call to us to be prayerful people who exist in the moment, present, that our prayers and our ideas would be things that exist right here, right now, that we would be people who get to sit back and observe People that get to be aware of ourselves and our own emotions. People that are aware of the things going on around us. So if there is a moment to take action, as he says, to for, um, as, as we have forgiven others of their debts, to do so. Because in my lifetime as a Christian, and now that I'm no longer one but I still pray, I find so much of me begging this divine thing to fix what's already been done or correct my future. And I spend little to no time in the moment of daily bread, presence and existence and awareness and being ready to be in that moment and act in that moment. I spend zero time in my prayer life reflecting on what it's like to be here right now. When was the last time you prayed to God and asked him simply to make you aware of the moment you were in? Because that's a completely different kind of prayer than I've been used to. Uh, back in November of 2017, I walked into that hospital room, and clearly my mother-in-law was distraught um, because... For her, I'm, I'm, I can only imagine that the anxiety of what the future held was weighing on her greatly. My father-in-law was sitting, um, you know, in one of those gowns and sitting on the, the, the bed and um, glazed over. Um, I'll never forget the look on his face, just this glazed over look of uh, bewilderment, I guess you can say, that he just got this death sentence because it's pretty aggressive cancer. And I said, what can I do? I said, I, I walked in, gave him both hugs, and said, hey, what do you guys need? Those are my words. And Amy just said to me, will you pray? And this was tough for me because I'd spent so many years of my life praying for people, and I didn't see anything happening. 
petitioning God, begging God to fix situations, and nothing would freaking happen. And if I'm being honest with you, I told this to the morning service, so I'll say it to you too. When they asked me to pray, I wasn't going to pray for healing because I don't believe that God's going to heal Ron. I think if God's real, he's not going to, and that bothers me. Because my track record says he hasn't done a lot yet. So I'm in this moment, and I don't know what to pray. And so I observe the room. I look at my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, and I simply pray for things that I think need to exist in that moment. It's the first time I've ever done this. I'm still not good at it. But I pray for obscure things like peace. God, would you just bring peace upon us? God, would you fill the room with love? Because, you know, when I'm feeling crappy, love feels great. Hey, God, would you let the doctors do their jobs and be good at it? So we need right now. But I avoided praying for healing because it felt like a petition that wasn't worth it. But in the moment, the things I prayed for seemed like everything they needed. And what was so weird is the minute I was done, Amy's words to me were, that was everything we needed right now. And I was like, okay. That must be what prayer is. That we are people that would step into a moment and acknowledge there's a tension that we exist in. And the only way we deal with this tension is to see ourselves in it, in this present moment, in this daily bread, and potentially ask for the room to take action in the midst of it. That when we pray, what if we get to be the kind of people who simply sit back and observe the present moment and what we can do in it? That what if prayer is meant to be this immensely reflective tool given to us? That our posture in it is meant to be one of self-reflection and understanding of the current moment we exist in so that we can be as fully present in it as possible. That petitioning to God is not this worry of the past or anxiety of the future or begging him for all the things we might want, but instead it's simply going, let me exist now and be a part of this, please. I don't know. But that's what I'm leaning towards. That if we as a community are going to rework prayer, my wonder for us is what if it's what is it like for us to walk out of these doors after we hang out, you know, once a month over the summer, go back to our jobs and our homes and our social spaces and the places we hang out and the breweries we drink, and we simply get to exist. And our prayer is give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And we get to exist to be fully present in the moment, to be prayerful, reflective people of the moment we exist in. That might be prayer I could get behind. That might be prayer I could do these days. And so what I'm going to give you is a moment to do just that. That as we exist here together, which is kind of weird because you're all staring at me, um, not looking at each other, interacting with each other, um, but I'm going to give you a moment to approach this table with these really weird elements of bread and juice, and what you're supposed to do is dip the bread in the juice and consume it and think about the the bread being Jesus' body broken, uh, the cup being uh, juice, which is supposed to be uh, blood poured poured out for the sufferings of the world. 
And you get to be invited to be a part of this, and we do this together in this present moment together. So I'm going to give you that opportunity. So we'll play some music for you. And I'm going to give you a chance to reflect and visit the table. And maybe on your way up, you can even say a little prayer. I feel a sense of levity in my soul. I did something this morning that I hadn't done in quite some time. I prayed. I know. During communion this morning, I sat over there and just observed everyone taking communion. I did the same thing tonight, and it's really fun for me because you all approached it in your own way. Um, and the same thing as this morning is so fun. Uh, some of you are very gung-ho when you go right for it, right? Some of you don't like to wait. Some of you are patient and want to wait for the line to die down. And uh, some of you just like to find yourself lost in the crowd as you get communion. Some of you um, like to take a big piece of bread and really soak it, get it nice and soggy because you don't want a dry mouth. Some of you, I observe, just like dip a corner just a little bit. Uh, some of you are quick to pop it right in your mouth when you're here, and some of you are quick to like wait and go back and eat it. Some of you drag your feet really bad when you come take communion, and others of you are like ninjas. And it was fun because this morning I observed that and did the same thing tonight where I sat over there and I, I, I prayed this prayer of thanks to be grateful in this moment with you guys. And I just did the same thing. Just this prayer of gratitude saying right there that we are here together in this moment, present together, engaging in something together to give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That this, I wonder if this is a prayer of us being in this present moment together. To reflect, to think, to be thoughtful, to be observant, to look at ourselves and the people around us and to try and engage the moment as best we can. That to petition God is not begging God to fix the past transgressions or avoid future ones, to not take care of our guilt and shame from the past or, or help us make better decisions, that what if petitionary prayer is us asking God to make us so in the moment, we are so caught up in it and observant and aware that we truly get to have our daily bread, our debts forgiven, and us forgiving others' debts. And that to me is beautiful. So CMYK, thank you for making me a praying man again. I appreciate it. And with that, I'm going to bid you adieu.